This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at an amusing tale of theft and double crosses in Red Notice and an American gangster movie, The Many Saints of Newark. We also have information from the Canterbury Film Society, which recently completed its screenings for the year. Special Agent John Hartley, FBI. Hi, guys. How'd you find me? You stole William Strang's lady with the red hat from the tape. You can't prove that was me. I got that on Etsy. I want you to help me catch the most wanted art thief in the world, the bishop. Hello, boys. It's so nice to finally meet you in person. She set me up, framed me. A few clever keystrokes and poof. Bye-bye, Adrian John Hartley. She's gonna steal Cleopatra's eggs. They're priceless. If we catch her together, I can clear my name, and I'll help you become the number one thief in the world again. Lift with your neck. Even if I did partner up with you, you still only have one brain. In Red Notice, an Interpol agent tracks the world's most wanted art thief who is in search of an ancient Egyptian golden bejeweled egg. Mary Gibson's been off to the Silky Otter Cinemas at Wigram to see this good fun action comedy. Uh, Mary, what do you think of Red Notice? Um, I think you've summed it up by saying it's a good fun action comedy because it is all of those things. There's lots of action. It is fun. I mean, it is comedic. Ryan Reynolds is so funny. He just... It's amazing. Out these one-liners. And I think I said to you in the movie, it reminds me of him in um, uh, Green Lantern and um, when he's been in other films. He, he's just so funny and he's so quick with his one-liners. They just slip through yeah, before yeah, you even catch yeah. them half the time. So... Uh, I must admit, before I went along, I thought to myself, what an odd combination, Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot. (laughs) What on earth is this going to be like? But the three of them actually worked really well together. Yes, they're all good actors in their own way. I'd never have called Dwayne Johnson a good actor in the past, but I have Hmm. shifted my thinking quite a lot, especially since Jungle Cruise. Yes, I was going to mention that, um, yeah. And and now this and he's quite he's got these he's got this deadpan look but again in these comedic moments they yeah they just gel I mean, don't yeah, they Ren, uh, Ren, um, 
Dwayne Johnson to me is not. I've never liked all his action movies uh, that much, but I've seen him a couple of times, um, you know, in interviews um, on on TV and that. And he comes through as a, a highly intelligent, very likable man. And it's these sort of comedy things that he does this in. It's the same with that Jungle Cruise film mm. earlier this year. Mm. That was hard, full of action. This crazy, crazy film of these people going through the jungle and a little boat with all these dangerous animals and things all over the place. And um, and this is very similar in that way too, that it's just the, the action... The fighting, the violence, are amazing sequences. Yeah, it's it's not violent, violent. No, no, not, no. Not like no. some of the movies that no. we've seen, which are just randomly violent. This is not like this. It, it's it's mm. part of the action yeah. in the movie. Mm. And and you know, even Gal Gadot, who who we, I think we know from Wonder Woman, um, she's just she's funny as well. You know, they just seem <laughs> to gel together. And I mean, the story is quite ridiculous, really, in a, in a lot of ways. You know. The hunt for Cleopatra's third egg, and um, you know, and each of these great art thieves is deciding that they're the best art thief. One is played by Ryan Reynolds, and the other played by Gal Gadot. And um, you know, and just how they interact, and then start to search for this egg. It is really quite ridiculous. Yes, and then the yes. Interpol agent, who's played by I think is it Rita Iru, or she's she's rather gorgeous as well, and um, and she's great in it too. Yes, know? but it's not. Like, I mean, you know, any person with a brain would go, this is ridiculous. But, <laughs> no. but if, you, yeah. if you take it for what it is and the fact that it's a funny movie and it's, it's, it's well shot and it's well put together and there's some nice costuming in it and all of those yeah. things. And it's a and it's, it's good entertaining movie. Yeah. It's no. shot all over the world, isn't it? London, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the, the film Cairo. bounces around from Rome, I think it starts in, goes to Bali mm, where yeah. Dwayne Johnson's on the holiday. Then it goes to a Russian prison, uh, yeah, sort of an yeah. outback somewhere <laughs> on top of an icy hill, yeah. uh, to London, to Cairo, to Argentina. It's, it's so, so, you know, you're on a world trip as well, you yeah. know, en- enjoying all of these yeah. things. And as I said, you know, some of it's a bit ridiculous, but like when they escape from that Russian prison. But it's funny, you know, and it's, it's just, there are just some laugh out loud moments. But they're also, you know, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? Is that helicopter going to fly, you know, (laughs) what does this button do, you know, so it's it's pretty slapstick in a lot of ways too, isn't it? Well, I remember we saw this film together and you said quite early, it would have been within the first five minutes Mm. or less, um, because before I went, I didn't know quite okay, Dwayne Johnson film, they're usually Mm. sort Mm. of much more straight uh, on Mm. action serious action uh, stories that he gets Mm. involved Mm. in but you said to me quite early, this is a going to be funny. This is a comedy. <laughs> this is a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I, I just picked it straight away. Yeah. As soon as Ryan Reynolds said something, I thought, oh, this is actually funny, you know. And so from that point of view, I love a good laugh at the movies, you know, and if it's lighthearted, as I said, you know, no, the storyline's a bit ridiculous, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's good fun. Yeah. It's real good fun. Well, I can say here, anybody who enjoyed that Jungle Cruise film, this mm. is a, for, for Dwayne Johnson, this is certainly a, an excellent follow. And if you like Ryan... And this is more for an adult um, audience also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mm. if you like... Like, Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool was amazing, and he's equally as good in this. Yeah, And if you like Ryan Reynolds and his humour, and and the free guy, he was fantastic in that too. So I I think it's a great great combination of a cast. Good fun. (laughs) Good fun. Okay. well, thank you, Mary. 
That was Mary Gibson with her views on Red Notice. And I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains FM 96.9. With me now is Helen Mann of the Canterbury Film Society. Helen, your society has just come to the end of its uh, 2021 season and I hear it's been a very good year with 45 films screening over an eight-month season uh, despite the hiccups that COVID has brought to the cinema industry in Christchurch. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the highlights of this season? Kia ora, thank you, Hans. Uh, 2021 has been our most ambitious season ever and, as you say, despite... Uh, Level 3 and 4 lockdown, taking a small nibble out of our schedule, we did pull off 41 of those planned screenings, including two festivals, uh, the Queer Film Festival during March Pride Week and the Aotearoa Film Festival during Midwinter Matariki. Now, as you know, we open in mid-February and this year we began with a gala-style evening, which included free food and drink, uh, showing Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. That was <laughs> a, part of a very popular Black Lives Matter bracket, which included another Lee favourite, Bamboozled, and Joe Talbot's The Last Black Man of San Francisco. So our programme, yep, it was very strong. We had classics such as Dorothy Ardsner's Dance Girl Dance, a, a stylish uh, Tilda Swinton bracket, along with Soviet, French and South American film. We covered post-colonial film and modern Gothic, uh, welcomed screen queens such as Hepburn, Lamar and Setsuko Hara. And our very big crowd pleasers were Philippe Lagay's Women on the Sixth Floor, Sarah Guerra's Birds of Passage, Rebecca Tansley's The Heart Dancers, Te Arapakahi's Poyer, Hepimita's How Mum Decolonised the Screen, Douglas Wilcott's Entertaining Mr Sloan and Wim Wenders' Salt of the Earth. These kind of films are simply stunning on the big screen, yeah. as you know very well. Yeah. And this is well, what film society and cinema is all about. Well, I'm always amazed where you manage to get all these films from. <laughs> yeah, well, it's... it's, it's, it's uh, oh, and I should say, in addition to all of this, we ran some little extras. We call them value-added events. We had a winter glam night. Uh, you can see our photos on Facebook page where we... Wore something glamorous. We had. We also served free vodka at our Russian films. Occasionally, we ah. serve free films. So it might all sound a wee bit good, too good be tr to be true, but it happens, of course, because we have an amazing community of just under three hundred people who are generous and welcoming. Too many to name here, uh, um, along <laughs> with a creative, dedicated executive team who are committed to Manaki Tanga to showing hospitality. And you might recall, um, Hans, when you've been that we start half an hour early each night for socialising. Yeah. But you might not know that we also run a meet-up group an hour before each week's film at Fiddleston's restaurant, Fiddlesticks oh. restaurant over the road. And that gives our yeah. brand-new members a slightly more intimate place to meet. Hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, well, um, you, um, you've already spoken about this a bit, but the um, Canterbury Film Society is an incorporated society, yes. which means you are a membership-based group. Um but you do also hold open events mm -hmm. where you invite the 
you know, the general public, um, mm. outside public, uh, has a chance to come along and yeah. see your film. That's right. Well, you've been in film long enough to understand the complexity of distribution rights, and when people show a public screening, it, you can only do that um, under a certain set of guidelines, and so for us it's to our membership. This is in our rules. But some film gets gifted to us. For example, this year the Japanese consulate offered us Tokyo Story, oh, yeah. and others like independent filmmakers such as Kahi are also very generous. So yes, yes, we're membership-based, but our prices, and you know this too, are very reasonable. So, for example, people who just want to come and try us out once or twice, they can purchase a $30 flexi-pass from us before the film, either online or at the venue. I this, see. And this access, they get access then to any three films of their choice. It has no expiry date, and they can share it with friends. So, so that's good for the whole year? Oh, well, it has no expiry date ever. <laughs> ever. So it's five years down the track, that's fine. And, of course, people can sometimes upgrade those if they wish to a full or half-year membership. So it is worth mentioning, too, while we're on the open events thing, that this year we actually had 14 screenings to the, open to the public, which included those two film festivals and a double feature. So it has been a stunning year. Yeah, it's a, film society's come a long way over the last yeah. year, I'm thinking, because it's something to do with you people about 20 years ago, I think yeah. that was. <laughs> boy, well, we, oh boy. We've this been is going since the 50s. This so. is amazing, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, well, now you've got, now you're having a summer break, Um but for you, that'll still be a busy time for you and your committee mm. putting next year's um, films and, and everything else together, I guess. Yeah. What can the public expect next year? Um, how can they find out what's coming up? Well, good questions again. So Valentine's Day, uh, 14th of February, that's when we start. Uh, it's a marvellous opportunity for us to be creative. And yes, we're busy hatching up a gorgeously suitable film for this evening, but we're just starting our programming right this minute, so I can't give specifics. But if uh, for those who are listening, they can rest assured that we will include more of what we do so fabulously well. Um, there'll be a stunning round of film running at 7.30pm on Monday nights at the Christchurch Art Gallery, Te Puna o Whaifetu. And how, your question, how will people know what's on? Well, membership, of course. Um, those who are members will get in-house updates. But our website uh, gets refreshed sometime around mid-January. And I strongly encourage anyone who's interested in what we're talking about to go onto our website homepage, which is www.canterburyfilmsociety.org.nz. Scroll down to the bottom left. There's a white box saying sign for updates. If you complete this, um, you only get uh, relevant information. You can choose to get a brochure by mail or get reminders. So, And those brochures will be ready mid to late January. So pick them up in the City Libraries, the Art Gallery, Alice and Lumiere Cinemas. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is something to look forward to, and I see your starting date will be on February the fourteenth. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Valentine's Day. That is. So bring your boyfriend or girlfriend along. Is that yeah, the idea? Well, I don't know. <laughs> At the moment, it's an open an open thing. We're just working on it. But look, I do appreciate you having me here. Work with you in the next New Year too, Hunt. So and Tenakwe. We'll see you next year. Mm, Thank you. On. That was Helen Mann of the Canterbury Film Society with rather positive news on this year's screenings. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Moorhouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, www.assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, www.assetmanagers.co.nz.
assetmanagers.co.nz. When I was a kid, guys like me were brought up to follow codes. Hey, jerk off. What'd you say? What? Antonio Soprano. I wonder if I can talk to you alone for a moment, Mrs. Soprano? On the basis of the Sanford Binet, he's high IQ. You can't prove it by me. He's got a D-plus average. Well, he doesn't apply himself, but he is smart. The results tell us. He's a leader. Ankle dick. Growing up with the family. Takes a toll. Maybe an ambassador to England or France. You're my nephew. My life I want to do whatever I can to help you. you may be my gift to you. I want to go to college. I can't get caught with shit like this. Look, you take the speakers, right? At the same time, you say to yourself, this is the last time I'm ever going to steal something. It's that simple. In The Many Saints of Newark, we go back to the early years of Tony Soprano, who became the most iconic gangster boss in the TV series The Sopranos for nine years. Uh, Ian Cumming has been off to the Academy Cinemas to see this prequel uh, set among the Italian-American gangsters of the 1960s. Ian, what did you think of the Mini Saints of Newark, which takes a rather disturbing look back in time? Well, disturbing indeed. Um, set as it was in, at the time of the riots in Newark, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 1967. Yeah, that's right. And um, This is the Black People's Riots, actually. Oh, the Black which, People's Riots. Which is yeah. actually a different bunch to the um, Italian-American well, yes. yobos well, who can... are around in the gangsters. Well, in fact, <laughs> these, two, these two types, you know, the, the Italians, the WAPs, if you want to call them that, and, and the Black, black mm. Americans, are two different gangs trying to control the numbers thing. Yeah. Uh, and so the film, you know, is, um, as I was saying, was disturbing. It, it, it's often violent, actually. But let's just come back to The Sopranos, which I never saw on television. But the Tony Soprano, the principal in there, was a man called James Gandolfini. Um, and he is, well, he was Tony Soprano as an adult. But what we've got here... Uh, many years later, uh, well, later because Gandolfini died quite a few years ago, early in life, but his son, Michael, a 20-year-old, plays the young Tony Soprano uh -huh. in this inverted yeah, commas yeah. prequel. Hmm. Um, but um, it's, a, it's a fascinating film with the, um, the Italian... And the and the blacks trying to, as I say, trying to outdo each other. They don't like each other. They don't no, love each well, other, and it, they will quite casually kill each other. Yeah, well, I mean, this is it. The the uh, um, the gangsters, the Italian American gangsters, they were a pretty rough lot, and uh, they used to hire the black people in that area as hustlers, essentially, to do the smaller pun beat up, punch up jobs and things like that right. for them. <laughs> Yeah. No, it, 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 um, I mean, this is what to me is important about this film more than anything else is that it uh, takes us very realistically back to that, what you see in the streets, what you see. Oh, the recreation the, of yeah, Newark in 60, yeah. the sets, the, yeah, the yeah. costumes, the clothing, yeah. the, the cars was a very authentic feel. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, quite often I found it a bit difficult to sort of know which way this film is going because there's so many characters. Well, it's essentially you see this little boy who is going to be the future Tony Soprano and uh, and how he's brought up by his family and then he's got rough father and an even rougher uncle in there and uh, t- telling him what to do. Well, and... it, 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 yes, uh, you mentioned him starting young. In fact, we've got two people playing Michael the, yep. the four or five or six year old or something, yep. and then we've got the yeah, adolescent as a one, yep. yeah, who worships his uncle, played by um, Alessandro Nicola. And I've ne- I've never I've, I've never heard of the actor before. No, but no. He, he he's the central figure. In, well, in many ways, he's the central figure in this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah he's um, the, the bad influence. Well, the bad influence. The so it has, <laughs> without <laughs> giving away too much, um, it seems to just casually, almost casually, but in a fit of anger, dispose of people. Mm. He doesn't like anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he just didn't give us stuff yeah. about but, anyone. Um, anyway, the um, the mother of, um, of of Tony Soprano is played by Vera Farmiga, and um, she, she's a hell of a busy actress. She's made two films this year, three last year, and five the year before. And she's going way back to The Departed and the striped uh, striped pajamas. But she gives a very good performance, as does I should say, Alessandro. Um, you know, um, in fact, the actors, I, the acting was was first rate. I thought. Oh, very realistic. Yeah. So <laughs> she she plays Michael, young Michael's mum. And uh, and he's he's proved himself. He, he he must have learned something from his father, I think. But he's entirely believable, is he not? Oh yes, yes, yes I see what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but my favourite act, well, actually, is the scene I remember years ago. Ray Liotta, who plays two roles in this film. Um, uh, one is um, his 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 relative or something is in prison, and the other one comes back from overseas with his new. Italian lady. Um, but there was a film called Hannibal um, where Dr. Lecter um, gives him, he, he invites him to, invites the character Ray Liotta to dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And he drugs him to an extent where, so he, he takes off the top of his head and takes out some brain, puts the top back on, and oh. and he serves it up to Ray Liotta, to who, who sits there enjoying it, you know. So I, 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 I really, it's, well, it's irrelevant to this film, but I thought that was yeah, fun. Yeah, this film doesn't quite go that far. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it does go far with torture. I mean, there's a very unpleasant scene there, which we won't elaborate on, but it does involve a power tool. <laughs> but 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 the, one of the things, in fact, that I thought I went I went I, I, yes I, I grimaced at that one, but another one I said, ouch! It was a completely. Um, it's one of the uncles or one of the relatives of um, of um, uh, Tony uh, Tony's uncle, uh, the one who disposes of people, um, and he, they're coming out of a uh, out of a church for a funeral or something, and this guy slips, and it, it was so well shot and edited, and I jumped in, the, in my seat when he slipped. It turns out that this particular man, even though he's a, a family, uh, has to decide to do what he's going to do about this uh, nephew or whatever this chap is. Mm. And we, won't, we, we don't want to give away. We can't give away too much, but... Um, yeah, um, it's a fascinating film, and um, mm. it, it's not—it's yeah. not of the I would say of the quality of, of um, I say, Goodfellas. Oh, certainly, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But the the butters, um, not having seen the Soprano series, I think 
yeah. made well, it. Well, there are quite a few sort of parallels in the two, which is fair enough. Um, you know, because, well, first of all, uh, the director of this film, Alan Taylor, also mm. directed a few of these mm. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is how he's managed to get some of the old people back uh, to help him out again here. And, and there is a sort of parallel because this film is essentially to show you how how psychologically this little boy evolved into become a top-class gangster himself. But also in the film, there are some sequences where he goes to see a psychiatrist to, uh, to, uh, to, to understand why he had become a violent uh, criminal you know, in, in this world. So this uh, this whole subject has been touched on by Tony Soprano right. in the original show, and this time they explain it all completely right. through and yeah. through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, I think it's well worth a look. I mean, yeah. sometimes I found it difficult to follow. wasn't yeah. quite sure who was going, who was who, because there is so much in the film. Yeah, but, but it is quite casually mm. violent at times and, and brutal indeed. So, um, Oh, is that why you went to see it? No, well, I... <laughs> Okay, no. Oh, no, no. no. Uh, I think we've forewarned the people. I think we have indeed. <laughs> okay, thank you, Ian. <laughs> That was Ian Cumming with his views on the many saints of New York. And I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on the Plains FM website, plainsfm.org.nz. Plains FM 96.9